Well, <clears throat> sorry, got something I'm trying to hang around my throat. <laughs> um, Pastor wanted me to communicate with you all a couple of uh, praise reports. First of all, I'm grateful he gave me the opportunity to be with, be in this position the past 30 services, but he got me that. It's been an honor to minister. And thank him for trusting me with that. And he's going to, I know he's excited to come home. Yeah, he, uh, he's excited. <laughs> he's like, I'm so ready to be home. Uh, but they have been pulling it out of him this week. I know. He's been ministering. And, and I apologize, first of all, if anybody tried to log on last night and watch that service. <laughs> anybody see it? No. <laughs> because they didn't, they didn't air it. <laughs> I did too, but there are, they are redoing their sound system in the sanctuary. So they have kind of had that taken apart and they were meeting in another building. So sorry if you were looking for it. And I hope you didn't stay on there too long trying to find it. <laughs> but um, he said last night it went great. He ministered to them on, on prosperity about their finances and he could tell that the people really just, that something was needed at that time. And this, and he's been every morning, you know, ministering to the Bible school students, teaching them different things. He usually talks to them about, or teaches on the marriage and family. They usually always like him to minister on that. And, but this morning he walked into class and there was like a Holy Ghost party already broken out. I mean, they were... They were laid out on the floor, you know, I don't, he, so they just kind of had a blowout, different school today, <laughs> different school in the Holy Ghost, and that's one of the things about being out there, that Bible school, it's not like your traditional necessary, not that anything's wrong with just learning doctrines and things like that, but they really put an emphasis on, you know, the move of the Spirit, and so, uh, I'm, I'm hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, Brother Mark's not there. But. Okay, well, praise the Lord. So, anyway, he wanted me to communicate that. And he actually, I don't know how many years he's been going out there, but he made the comment, he said, he thinks that this year has been the best so far. So, he's really enjoyed it. Um, and so, thank you for that. You are, you know, understanding and letting him go and, and still showing up. Amen. Still showing up here. Amen. So, praise God. I'm just going to pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for tonight, for the people here tonight. You know who's going to be here, and I thank you that you have a word for us. You have encouragement for us, and I'm just trusting, Lord, and the Holy Spirit to help me speak what needs to be spoken, and that we'll get it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we, we've, uh, the past several services just have kind of built on one another, right? Um, Pastor started with, we got to hear, we got to hear it, we got to be a doer of the word. I talked about, you know, it's important that we listen and obey. Not just listen, we hear it, but no, we obey. We obey his instructions to us, either in his word or by what he, you know, witnesses to our spirit. <clears throat> and then Sunday, we talked about how we hear the voice of God. And there's many ways, but he promises us that we will hear him when he, in his word. He will speak to us through his word. That's the primary way God's going to lead you is through his word. And that is the safe. That is a safe. That is a sure. You can count on this. When this is being spoken to you, this is the word of God. It's truth. Amen. Amen. 
And he will, he will lead through that, and he will lead by the inward witness. As born-again believers, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, and he will bear witness with us. So that's when I was kind of talking about, like you get a green light, you get a red light, hesitancy, or you got peace about something, that is God leading you through your spirit. Amen? But any, anything like that or any other forms of guidance or leading that may be occurring, it needs to line up with the word. It needs to line up with the word, and it needs to line up with what does your heart say. Because you can have someone in authority over your life or someone who you really respect. Okay, people can miss it. People can miss it. Ministers can miss it. And that doesn't mean that they're bad, okay? But it's possible for people to miss it. And so when someone gives you a word, even though you highly respect them and regard them, and you may, because we've been in this position, you guys have heard the story, and I'm not going to go into it, but it's not right. It's not a good thing for you to trust someone else's put more confidence in what someone else is telling you than what, what's going on in here. If they speak something to you and it's like you're bothered on the inside about it, you need to trust that. Even if you highly respect them. right? Even if pastor says something to you, even if I say something to you, but it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, you need to trust that. Amen? Okay, so that's, that's where we've been doing. So, I'm trusting you're starting to be a doer of the word, right? You're listening for his voice guiding you. And so tonight, I want to I talk to you about what we do in hard times. And my, the, mess, the title of this message is um, Times of the Press. Times of the Press, okay? Because now we're, we're like, yes, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to walk out this life of faith. And that's where we should be. Um, that's our aim. And so as we do this, as we live out our life of faith, we're going to face some things. We're going to face things in life. We're going to look at some mountains. And everybody, everybody faces different things. But everybody faces something. <laughs> everybody will face something. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. What do we do? What do we do when we're looking at the mountain? We're endeavoring to obey his word, walk out his plan, and all that, but we're looking at a mountain. Okay? So let's turn over to uh, James 1. We won't go to as many scriptures tonight as I was <laughs> trying on Sunday. Like, I, was, I felt after a while like I'm, I'm losing some people because I, probably, I was trying to go to too many scriptures, I think. But James 1, verses 2 through 4. Notice what it says. It says, for if there should come in... Wait, no, that's not right. That's in James 2. James 1, verse 2. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy. That's funny. Yeah, count it all joy. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. 
But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It says when. It says when you fall into them. It doesn't say if you fall into them. <laughs> it's saying it, when you fall into them, because you're going to fall into some tests and trials. You will. And a lot of the time, most of the time, when, when it's talking about tests and trials, you know Jesus had tests and trials. He was tempted, right? He was persecuted, okay? Your test and trial may not be, you know, don't get into thinking, well, okay, God's putting sickness on me and is testing and trying me. Now, the enemy could try to put sickness on you. Okay, that's not God testing and trying you, okay? But that, that is still a, something someone may face, and you need to know how to deal with things when the enemy tries to put things on you that don't belong, okay? But it's, this says, count it all joy when we fall into various trials. When you do, it's not if, but when. Um, God never promised us that we would not face challenges. And I would like, if you can find something that says that he promises that, I want to know. <laughs> Please let us know. If, if there's somewhere in the Bible that says we're never going to face any tests or trials, I would like to know what that is. Because we need to be standing on that word. Yeah, if it says it in there, I want to know where it is. <laughs> Amen. But this says we should count it joy. We should count it all joy. And so... A lot, we need to look at these as opportunities. When, when something pops up, when some challenge pops up, some mountain, some, something that's say, that says to you, you're, you're in trouble. You got a need here, okay? You need to count it joy. You need to think, okay, this is an opportunity for me to do what I've been taught. This is an opportunity because we, our faith develops. Our faith gets strong when we use it. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like our muscles, they get strong when we use them. Our faith gets strong when we use it. And if we don't have anything to use it on, there's nothing strengthening it, right? So tests and trials are opportunities, and they produce patience or endurance. Those runners that run these long distances, they need endurance, don't you? You do. And any, like, ladies that have had babies and things, you need endurance. <laughs> endurance, like, hangs on when physically you don't think you can take it anymore. Yeah. You, it presses through yeah. to the finish line. Yeah. And that's what these opportunities do. <laughs> they allow your faith to grow to where you are able to not necessarily ignore things going on or ignore uh, symptoms or ignore the problems, but it doesn't matter. what it, You're going to press through to the end. You're going to press through to the finish. Amen? All right, let's look at John 16. And, you know, the Bible says don't think it's strange. Yeah. Don't think it's strange when you fall into various trials. Don't think like, it's, like it doesn't happen to anybody else. Don't think it's strange. 
John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. (laughs) Be of good cheer. You will have tribulation. Amen. This commentary, I like it on tribulation. Some of the words it gives is pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, affliction, squashing, squeezing. Don't we think about Paul talking about, I've been, I'm pressed on every side. He's been beaten. He's been stoned. He's been, you know, taken for the lions to eat. All of these things. What did he say? He counts it as like nothing. To, you know, it's not even worthy to be mentioned for the, what's set before him, the prize set before him. Amen. He pressed on every side. And he had lots of opportunities, didn't he? <laughs> for his faith to be working. He had lots of opportunities. So sometimes that mountain, the mountain, whatever it is, many of you have mountains in your life seem to be impossible for us, don't they? They seem to be impossible or like those things you've been standing for and it seems like it's never going to change. Hopeless situations. Amen. They're not hopeless to God. So what, what do we do in these times? Amen. So I'm, we're going to, before we go forward, we're going to assume, I'm making an assumption, that you are already standing on the word like you've already been in the Word, you know what the Word says about your situation, and you're, you're standing in faith about it. We're going to make that assumption. And if you're not, and I'm not being very specific because I don't know what your mountain is, okay? You need to be specific in what Word you're standing on, what, what you're having faith in. Whether it's marriage or finances or healing or whatever, you need to have God's Word on that situation, that's what you need to be standing on. So let's, let's assume that you're there. And if not, you can get there by just getting in the Word and finding what it says, meditate on it, and act on it. Remember, be a doer of the Word. Okay? So let's assume this is where we are. Okay, so what do we do? We, we don't quit. That sounds elementary. <laughs> we don't quit. We don't quit. You need to refuse no as your option. No, no is not an option. Not if you've got God's word on it. No is not an option for you. Now let's look at, at the paralytic in Mark 2. All right, and I'm just going to read some of this, and starting in verse 1, it says, And again he, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum, or Capernaum, I don't know how you say it, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they had let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Now, no doubt when he came into that town, 
People heard something, didn't they? They heard, they must have heard he's healing people. Because people were coming to be healed. (laughs) You know, they were hearing there is a healer here. Okay? And so people are thronging to the place. And it's so crowded, they cannot get in. Now, he has a miracle needed, right? He has something that's beyond the cold that needs to be healed here. And he had some help, didn't he? He had some friends helping him. Amen. Amen. Some people might have gone to there, carried their friend there, and saw they cannot get in there. It's they've 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 reached their fire limit, fire marshal limit, right? <laughs> they've reached their limit. Nobody else can get in. Some people would have turned around. They would have taken that as a no. Like I, it's I guess it's over. I can't get in. A lot of people they see they they see. Here's my opportunity to get an answer. And then they come up to the obvious way that they're going to get in. And then it looks like the answer's no. Like, I can't get in here. Yeah. Okay? You need to, that, that's not a no. That's a, like, okay, Lord, then where am I getting in? <laughs> because I'm getting in, right? They, that's their thought. They didn't see the closed-off room and think, well, I guess we just can't get in here. Sorry, Joe. You know, I, Sorry. No, they're like, okay, well, what? Okay, we're getting in somehow. I don't. We may have to dig a tunnel. Something. No, okay, let's go up on the roof. That makes sense. Now, I don't think they asked permission. I don't think they asked permission of the person who owned that house. I don't think they didn't care. I think they like, I'm getting in there, one way or the other. I'm getting in there. Amen. So when Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And then it goes on, you know, because there was religious people there. Yeah. We talked about this. There's religious people there, and they were complaining about it. Why, who, who is he to forgive sins and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. But we know what happened. The end result was he got what he came for. Right. He got what he came for. He did not see a seeming obstacle to getting his answer. He did not see that as a no. He didn't take that. They didn't take that Amen. as a refusal or they didn't take that as like, we're just going to give up now. Amen. Yeah. And a lot of people, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. A lot of people, we give up too easy. Yeah. We give up too soon. Yeah. Yeah. The passage of time, we think, well, it's never going to change. We give up. Don't quit. Don't quit unless God tells you to quit. Okay, because you may have put your you may have put your faith and trust in something that He didn't promise you, or set your sights on something that He didn't say. But other than that, don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. What seems like a hopeless situation to us sometimes is a small thing for Him. It's a small thing. And we can, we get tripped up when we look at the problem. We look at the problem and not the answer. We can't overcome by focusing on the problem. We don't deny there's a problem. But we don't put our focus there. We put our focus on the answer. 
Amen. Amen. Notice this paralytic, paralytic man. He had faith friends. He had faith friends. And it is important who your friends are. It is important who you run with. Those, I like this, those who believe and they will help you receive. Those are the kinds of friends you need. The people that will believe and help you receive. Don't spend your, you, time is a precious commodity, right? You do not get it back. Don't spend that with people who are going to drag you down and hinder your faith. We don't have time for our faith to be hindered. It's important. It's, it's, if you're, all you're hanging around with is people that drag you down and don't believe, get some new friends. Amen. And it would be better to not have any friends at all. <laughs> really, it would be better to not have any friends than to have the wrong ones. Amen. Amen. It, especially when you're believing for a miracle. If you're believing for a miracle and the people you're around are always talking like that's never going to happen, that is not helping you receive. Amen. Pastor Nancy, in her book, The Divine Healer, she says something I really like. It says, real faith doesn't quit when it meets obstacles. It bypasses them so it can lay hold of the blessings of God. I like that paralytic man. That obstacle didn't make him quit. Real faith does not quit. So when you're facing a mountain, just know, real faith doesn't quit. There's a way. There's a way. Amen. Okay, turn over to 1 Peter 5. When you're facing a mountain, you need to cast your care and don't worry. First yeah. Peter 5, verse 7, it, it, says, it says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And you guys know that, but... Um, cares, our anxieties, distractions, worries, just about daily life even. Amen. We're to cast those things onto him because he's our provider, right? He's our provider from, for the daily things and for the unexpected things. Amen. 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 If, if you have it, he doesn't. Have you ever asked somebody to do something that you feel as important? And then you get to thinking about it and think, they may not do it right. <laughs> like, this is important to not mess up. They may not do this right, or they may not do it at all. And what, what do you do? You do it. You do it. So when we give something over to God, and then we get going along and, and pick that back up, we pick up the care of that back up or pick up the worry of that back up. Essentially what we're saying is we don't trust that God's going to do anything about it. We, we don't trust he's going to work in this situation. I need, to, I need to do something about it. Our doing too, what we're doing about it though is worrying about it. And what does the Bible say, Matthew? It says, what good does it do? <laughs> what does it profit you to worry? It, nothing. It doesn't profit you anything to worry other than to harm yourself. You're going to give yourself ulcers. And worry is like faith in the wrong direction. 
You have faith, but you have faith in the wrong thing. You have faith that the wrong thing's going to happen. So when we, when we are worrying about it, you have that care. You have that care still. So when you are tempted to worry or to take back possession of that care, because your brain's going gonna, gonna to try to go back there. It's just going to try to return there. You have to answer it with the word. You cannot just let, that, let those thoughts, those worries, try to creep back in and leave them unanswered. Because you will, your brain will, will mull it over. Just because you didn't speak it out loud doesn't mean you're not worried about it. <laughs> no. Other people may think you're not worried about it because you're not saying it out loud. But you're, if you're just sitting there turning it over in your head, it doesn't it didn't really matter if you're not saying it out loud. You still need to answer it. Ignoring a thought doesn't get rid of the thought. Amen. So refuse to take a care. Refuse to worry. It does not, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. And that's like a revelation, isn't it? I mean, like, really, worry, worry doesn't help me. Even if you're facing a huge, like, a death sentence, worrying about it is not going to help you. <laughs> Whoa, it won't change anything. It'll make your life miserable in the, in the process of whatever you're having to deal with. Okay, worry doesn't help you at all. Praise God. So, what I say? First thing, don't quit. Don't quit. Cast your care on him. Okay? And then I want to end over here on, in turn to Deuteronomy 31. Remember this when you're when you're walking through it. Y'all will be there before me. Deuteronomy 31. Remember this. The Lord is with you. Lots of times when we're facing things, um, even if you have people around you, you feel alone. You feel alone. And, but the Lord is with you. Deuteronomy 31 in verse 6, it says, now, you may say, this is in the Old Testament. He's talking to them. He's talking to them. It doesn't apply. You know what? In this passage is quoted in Hebrews, which is in the New Testament. So that New Testament church, those New Testament believers were quoting something from the Old Testament, and it was applicable to their life. So this is applicable to our lives. Okay, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Faith, can you pull up my... Um, phone so I can pull up my Amplified here in a minute. But listen, this is where Joshua was, was going to take the new generation into the promised land. 
We talked about when Moses led those people out of Egypt, that generation could not go in because of their unbelief. So this is now, Moses is coming to the end. Joshua is going to take the people in to the promised land. And there were giants occupying that land. This was not, God didn't say, this is going to be easy, you're just going to stream on in there, right? No, they, they were going to have opposition going in here to what he promised them. Amen. And in the face of that, he said, don't be afraid. I am with you. I am with you. And so whatever you're facing, God says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Amen. So, um, oh, okay. I don't need it just yet. But um, we, we were, one time we were in California, and you all may have heard this story before. Um, but we were in California. I think was, Faith was probably six or seven. Rex, we didn't have Ryan yet. And we went to La Jolla, California. Okay. Is, I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's very beautiful. There's cliffs. The, it's not just like you st- stroll out onto the ocean side. You know what I'm saying? There were cliffs. It's not the place where people just go swimming necessarily. And to get down to the beach, you had to go down, like walk down these stairs to the, you know, down there. Well, we were, we did that. Now, we weren't paying attention. We weren't paying attention to the signs. (laughs) I I, I didn't pay attention to the signs. They said she saw the signs. I don't know. She may have said this saw the signs, like, huh? Okay, I don't recall that, like. Listen to your six-year-old when they tell you there's a sign back there that says, don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, it's pretty. It's pretty. Beautiful cliffs, pretty ocean. Okay, there is a beach down there, and there were some people down there. Well, I, we didn't, I didn't pay attention to the signs, okay? So I am down there with my young daughter, and how old are you? Seven. Yeah, so about, about her age right there, Okay. We're walking along the, the beach. Now we got cliffs up against us. We're not going anywhere. Okay. Well, we're just strolling along, and the water is way off. But you know what? Before I knew it, we had been down there for a while, but just in the moment, a, the water rushed in. A riptide. A riptide washed in. I mean, I don't even, it was seconds where the water rushed in, knocked us off of our feet, and was immediately being pulled back out to the ocean. The, all I saw was Faith getting, I mean, this water it took us by surprise. Faith gets washed off her feet, and she gets started to be pulled out into the ocean. All I could do was grab, I mean, I basically was sitting down, dug my feet in. I had time to grab the back of her shirt and hold on for dear life. She was underwater. I mean, it was, it was pulling her. We were under, I was not fully underwater. She was underwater. I was just holding, I was just like, let's, I just need to make it past these seconds. You know, it's pulling her out. I'm holding on with strength I didn't know I had. And all I had was just the back of her shirt. And that was, that was a scary time. Um. We had a very healthy respect for the ocean after that. <laughs> and the signs. <laughs> the signs. I mean, I thank God he was helping us that day. 
because I don't know if you've ever been caught in a rip current. You, you really cannot fight against it. I mean, if you get caught in a rip current, you basically need to let it pull you out, swim along until you get out of it and come back in because that is, the force is so strong that, so, yeah. So it may, it may seem like you're being pulled under. It may seem, you may feel like the tide's pulling you out. Okay? But you need to, God has a stronghold. He's holding on. He's holding on. So I want to finish, I just want to read this passage in Hebrews. This is the passage that's quoting this in Deuteronomy. But I like it. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. This is in the Amplified. This is, no, Hebrews. It says, um, Hebrews 13. No. I'm not in the right spot here. It didn't look right. Your iPad doesn't look right. (laughs) It's not. Well, it is. It's okay. Okay. It says, uh, okay, verse five. Let me pick it up. I'm going to pick it up halfway through. This is in the Amplified. But God says here, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. He is not going to relax his hold on you. Had I relaxed my hold on faith, she would have been pulled out. He, he will not relax his hold. You, you, we have to trust in him. We have, to, we have to put our faith in that. I mean, because it looks like some people are getting, getting pulled out to the ocean, right? But this is something we need to put our faith in and our trust in as we're going through things that the Lord is with us. He will not lose his hold on us. Amen? So never forget the Lord is with you. And do not be afraid. Amen? Praise God. I hope uh, that helped you tonight. Just to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever it is you're facing, don't give up. Let's look at our answer. Let's not look at, our, look at the problem. Not, we spend a lot of energy looking at the problem. We need to spend that, that energy... Getting into the word, and where's my answer? That's where my answer is. Amen? Praise God. Father God, we give you all the glory tonight for your word. I thank you that it finds its place in the hearts of the people.